We may have all come on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and gentlemen this is a jeffrey and glenn special here today that sounds courtesy so of courtesy of npr <laughs> i ain't nothing about this npr worthy but they don't need to care about that um so i'll skip all the formalities you know the wines and book stories and yeah i know what it is if, if you've gotten this far you've been with us this long you know what it is you know what we do on on thursday so hey you're welcome to an intimate evening I can't say no homo because people in Kansas saying no homo. Did you see that? Dude was like no homo on the interview. I didn't see that, but that's not surprising, bro. Like this we in a different Dude, climate, bro. But he literally he didn't he didn't is is that offensive? Who 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 was getting canceled for this? It was one of the basketball players. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Cam Johnson or one of them dudes. All right, like <laughs> Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want y'all to know in this year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> Like, we can't be saying that no more. <laughs> I, to be honest, you, you know when it was time to stop saying that? When we all should have hung it up. Uh, I mean, we when? never should have been saying it in the first place. But we damn, for damn sure, it should have been stopping around around 2011. I guess. Um, yeah. It's, so if Peter said pause, would that have been better? It's the same. It's the same. Look, bro, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this technically it's the same same meaning same exact yeah. thing it's the same thing with saying screw it fuck it <laughs> it's like same exact thing different words but i mean i wouldn't say no i wouldn't thing. say the first one at all yeah now if i was around some friends maybe i toss one in there as a as a joke okay but that's around close friends who know there was like two or three people Nah, I'm not gonna put myself out there. I do you know, two or three people, baby. Look, I, I I do believe in freedom of speech, but I, we like we talked about before, you have to be mindful that freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequence. Nope. And with the with the right sponsors paying attention, this being I think a nationally televised game post post game interview, I think he Can't was like the leading scorer or something like that. So it's only TNT one of them. And he got the high microphone in his hand or in front of him. He let off a let off a no, you know what? Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. Look, but, uh, like we just is. I mean, <laughs> the people who holding on to try to say in that need sitting over there with the people who holding on trying to use the hard er. Mm-hmm. Message. Like is is just disrespectful, bro. That's the 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 part that people are missing is that is disrespectful. Yes. Good, good, good point. Um, ran, I've been running into a lot of these conversations recently where people are saying that, oh, 
I feel disrespected by this statement or by these comments. Mm-hmm. And the, the intent behind that statement is for you to subsequently apologize for what you've said. And I think it gets into this place to where I'm now apologizing that you feel offended by something I said. Yeah. And I, I kind of struggle with that because once again, if you ask me my opinion and you don't like mm-hmm. what I say and that hurts your mm-hmm. feelings, I find it hard to apologize for that. Now I can empathize with you and try to understand where you're coming from. But for me to apologize for sharing my opinion on something that you asked me about, eh, kind of, eh, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, side tangent, but it's, it's very related. The thing that I've noticed is that the older we get, the harder it is to like the lines that seem very clear when we were in like high school and college, like this is very clear. Like we, you can, or you can't, or you should, or you shouldn't, or like, if I feel this way, it's on me. It's not on them. Mm-hmm. That line gets blurred and it's harder when you're an adult. And I'm convinced that it's not cause it's not cause like the line is really as like, like as blurred as it is. It's more mm-hmm. so like, we're a little less confident in ourselves. We're a little less, we're, we're a little more, cultured more travel we're not really trying to offend people for the most part so when someone feels offended you feel like oh well let me like apologize for this when sometimes in reality like you being offended is kind of your problem yeah i can't argue with that not to be harsh about it but it's 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 true right like if i'm like hey man some people got laid off because some people lazy and you're like well i feel offended well why do you feel offended yeah What? what, what about that offends you yeah well i'm doing my work what are you still here (laughs) yes or no and if the answer is no like i'm not saying it's everybody i'm just saying that you know we they got rid of a lot of people who weren't high performers maybe you was one maybe you wasn't one and if you feel like you would take offense to that statement because you you feel like you're being lumped in like, I understand why you might feel that way. I'm not going to recant my statement unless somebody tell me that what I'm saying is fact, like factually incorrect. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Like, you need to search within yourself because if someone said, man, they got a lot of lazy people just got laid off and I just got laid off, I'm going to be like, yo, that wasn't me. I got laid off for different reasons. I got my, <laughs> I got my performance review. I'm a high performer. They just, they just eliminated my department. Even the time I, even the time they gave me a low performance review to to lay me off when I was working at HP, like I'm, I'm, I I look, I look through like the series of like ratings. I look, I'm listening to what was being told to me. I still remember what was being told to me in one-on-ones with my manager and how all of a sudden it just flipped one day. It's like, oh, this the day you decided to tell me I'm not a good performer? Fuck you. (laughs) Like, I know I'm a good performer. You can, let me, let me sit up here and get off, get off my, uh my stool there is always a defining moment within several of our life experiences that that teaches us something or it's that moment of clarity that we've been searching for or that we happen just to look up on based Mm -hmm. upon what life throws at us and i realize in our conversations that it's february And we have yet to do a dedicated segment on Black History Month or Black History or all things Black. You know, the last two seasons, what we've done in February, we've had at least one episode or a few segments where we've taken time to dedicate, you know, some of the conversations and topics to Black history or or the Black experience. Mm -hmm. 
this year in particular, I had a conversation with Pinky and we, she and I were talking about a few things based upon millennials and now the generations that are coming after us and some of the differences in how they see the world and how they do things versus how we see it and how we do it, but more importantly, how we've been taught to handle things. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do for this particular Black History Month is to talk about our own personal Black history. And as mm-hmm. an example, we grew up where when February rolled around, it was time spent talking about our civil rights leaders and famous Black innovators and inventors and thinkers and business leaders, you name it, you run the gamut, you know, from from freeing slaves to, you know, first billionaires, so forth and so on. But what gets lost in those conversations oftentimes is a true connection to what Black history means for the average person. Yes, we can all look at these particular, we'll call it celebrities and, and stars and you name it, for inspiration. But sometimes we have to start at home to look at our own Black history you know, in, in our neighborhoods, you know, in our communities, and even within our families. My question to you is, given all that you've seen, all you've experienced, what does Black history mean to you? What does Black history mean to me? It's, it's, it's a hard to talk about, I guess, <laughs> like my own personal experiences. Just because whenever I hear Black history, Black history, I always tend to think of the larger diaspora, right? Like, I can't, I, I, I can't divorce Black history from the larger like history of of everyone. Um, but I mean, and also, I'm not trying to age myself like that. I'm, like, I'm not. It's interesting because I feel like I've been so far removed from the culture since like at least 2011 since graduating college that it's a little hard to kind of think of anything that's been in between like I feel like I just remember I remember like it's also hard to tell the difference between like my personal like like stuff that's just New Orleans Mm -hmm. (laughs) stuff that's like black people stuff but it could be one of the same it's probably one of the same because New Orleans like 60% black or was 60% black I don't know what the demographics is these days I mean, I remember getting the gumbo with the grilled cheese at school. Yeah. Couldn't tell nobody nothing on that day. I remember, I, I remember, I mean, I remember Zulu at Mardi Gras. I mean, Zulu, I mean, for me, I think it's Zulu the parade you want to go to. It's Zulu and Endymion are the two that I think about when I think okay. about Mardi Gras. Yeah, and uh, we, so that was on last week's episode. We talked about which one you get rid of. And I think, um, y'all say Rex? But with that, obviously that one was gone. <laughs> debating that one, I think we were talking about between Endymion, Namtak, Zulu, and Bacchus. You know, I know from the Namtak or Bacchus. You never know. Okay. I mean, you got to think about my people, bro. Like, my mom, we not going, Bacchus was Sunday night, right? Yeah. Yeah, we not going Sunday night. What? That's we your black going, history? We not going Sunday my black, my black history for Mardi Gras is Endymion. We hit Endymion religiously when I was a kid. I'd be freezing cold too. That's crazy. Was there a reason why y'all didn't go on Sunday nights? It's a school night. Is I mean, Bacchus. I mean, huh? 
school was out. You had school on Monday. Look, bro. I look. Look, that, that's what y'all. I'm gonna tell you that it's probably it's 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 probably that's probably a call from my mom. Who was a, a a church going guy fearing woman <laughs> and you talking about some Bacchus mm-hmm. on a Sunday night? Mm-hmm. You reaching your hands up for some for some beads for some people. Nah, uh, not, they, not the Holy Spirit. You you're only reaching your hands up for the Lord on Sunday, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I, I mean, that's man. probably that's probably the big the biggest thing is like because we went to Endemion, we my parents probably just didn't have no real appetite for going. On Sunday, I mean, we barely went on Mardi Gras day as it is. I feel like I, I, I got like some instances. I know we went to like Zulu and Rex one time. I don't really remember Rex. I remember Zulu. I'd be interested to go to Rex, but Rex again just to see what it's like. But I probably feel like halfway through, I'd be like, eh. yeah, you, eh. you can, you can imagine what it's like. Just, I mean, this parade needs some hot sauce. Yeah, it, it needs some hot sauce. It needs some some Tonys. It needs some something. And actually, uh, so. Thinking about that piece of it, a uh, quick Black History note. I think even the idea of having the, the gatekeepers as far as recipes and, and seasoning things and even cooking meals, I think part of that is Black History. Mm-hmm. Um, most families, I can't say all, but most or some families, the, the nucleus of that family oftentimes revolves around food or even food prep. I can think about times where you know, it was a all-hands-on-deck event to wash and clean greens. Mm-hmm. Or I've heard stories about people being all-hands-on-deck to wash and clean chitlins. Mm-hmm. Never had them. Don't want the experience. But I yeah. think part of that is that Black history. And it's not necessarily sometimes about the food prep itself. It's about time spent with those loved ones. Because you, mm-hmm. don't, get those, you don't get those opportunities all the time to, to spend time with grandmothers and great-grandmothers and uh, aunts and, you know, whoever it is. Or, or even uncles, you know, things like that. And I, I, I oftentimes appreciate some of those, you know, inopportune moments where you don't really understand kind of the whys, mm-hmm. why it's important for us to not go to parades on Sunday night. You know, what does that mean from a significant standpoint about what you're teaching your children, what you're teaching your loved ones about, you know, about life. Mm-hmm. And I think from a Black history standpoint, you know, we oftentimes don't appreciate those lectures and those moments, you know, in real time until we get older and look back and say, oh, I understand what's going on. I know, for instance, one of the things that I grew up on was Vienna sausage. I didn't know until I was an adult and realized that Vienna sausage is not something that people tend to go and buy. Yeah. It's not something that you typically will put in your grocery cart every week. And then understanding why we had it so often, because it was so cheap. Or take take an example. So think about hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Grew up, never really had hot dog buns. It was always like just the white bread. The bread, yeah, the one slice of bread. Mm-hmm. And and not appreciating until I got older that you know what, hot dog buns are a bit more expensive than I I imagined. And so again, even those kind of black experiences that's black history watching your parents and watching your loved ones make ends meet you know you you, you make those meals happen you, you you don't understand or appreciate it in those moments but your parents making sacrifices for you to do things i know you know i know you did extracurriculars with basketball and i was in the band you know not appreciating that those things cost money and and maybe not truly understanding 
what was given up, what was sacrificed to make certain that, you know, your children have mm-hmm. or that your children aren't, aren't without. And yes, I know we talked about, I know even like from a, we'll call it a fashion standpoint, didn't always have the, the, the newest of everything or the best of everything. But I can say I'm grateful that I never had to worry about having clothing on my back or food on the table or shelter over my head. Mm-hmm. And so those kinds of things, that's black history. It's being able to make a way out of no way. It's the, what is it? Uh, scratching and surviving, hanging in yeah. the child line. You know, it's things yeah. like that, that I think we lose sight of sometimes. And certainly we don't convey and share with younger generations about being able to appreciate some of these things, but not only appreciate them, but to work hard for them once you have them. It's funny because, you know, like, I mean, you know this and other people on part of this, like I got a big extended family, right? Like mm-hmm. my dad's one of nine, my mom's one of five. And in the summers when I was a kid, like it'd be me and my cousins all on my, like my dad's grandparents' side out in the, out in the country, right? And what you gotta, like, I guess with people, to, to, to put this into context, right? For for people, they live in, it's my, my grandparents, they in their 60s or whatever at that time, right? Live in the country. They're one of nine, but the house wasn't really that big because they live in a small little country town. Uh, There's several people in that nine that had like five. So you talk about like anywhere between 20, 30 cousins for like a two, three week period. And I feel like uh, at the time, like like living in the moment, right? Like like we was always excited to go and hang out with cousins and stuff like that. And we did a lot of stuff you talk about, like um, like peeling black eyed peas, uh, hot dogs with the with the chili thinned out by water. Yeah. Uh, have some flavor instead of some Kool Aid because like Flavate. thirty people. Man, look. Uh, get the get the peanut butter with the giant peanut on it, <laughs> with the white label with the, with the peanut on it. Jiffy, what's that? Man, Ooh. you you get the cornflakes, you add some sugar to it. Ooh, cornflakes, boy! You, yeah, you, you tell the story, man. Like, and I think the thing, like, because I was thinking about this recently, where it's like I feel like I always knew it was like special. Mm. Um. You know, I didn't really I don't think I really thought about it in terms of time that I wouldn't necessarily get back in terms of like you know like once once everybody stops going we're not gonna never be in the same space like this way ever again yeah like you don't think about that because you don't have that kind of that kind of perspective but I do remember like once we stopped going it kind of being like yeah man like it, the same feeling I got once like I once like my older sister left to go to college right and you start to realize yeah like you know we she, did did 16 years with her 16 eight 16 years with the other one mm-hmm. right ain't gonna never ain't gonna never spend that much time with with either of them again right yeah that's true um at least when i go down there like i stay with my parents or whatever but like i'm not gonna never live in the same house as like either one of my sisters or whatever um I don't know. I got up on some side tangent. That is, but it is to say that like you just remember kind of those moments, and, and and you remember thinking about like, you know, like that time is special. That time is stuff that you. I mean, I feel like you end up learning a lot. Like one to thirty, you really start to see, and and to me, right? There's like people who are only children who don't really get the experience of understanding that like what you, what you say don't go all the time, right? In real life, not everybody, but like some people, right? 
Yeah. Um, then you you got people like me who like have multiple siblings, so you realize pretty early that like <laughs> the margin is slim, right? It, for us, it's just three of us. So you, you start to figure out like not everything gonna go your way, but enough things go your way. And then when you like one of thirty, and y'all gotta make some some types of decisions, right? Yeah. Some of it's top down. Some of it at that point gets to be top down. Some right. of it is like you're not gonna be happy with that decision. You just gotta go in the corner and cry and deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and actually that that's uh, you mentioned like kind of the top down how, how that hierarchy goes for decision making. But even I think about you know, again from another Black history experience is that you know for a lot of us we grew up in church. Um, you know you were there every Sunday, and some of us were having to be like in the choir or whatever it was. I remember all the Black history programs where you had to be somebody. I think I was Louis Armstrong one year um, for the Black history program at church. But even growing, oh, up I did in that church, at school. Yeah, yeah, so even things like that. I don't know if kids, do kids even still have these programs at school where they, well, do they still have black history programs at school? Um, you would hope, but you don't know. You see all this stuff happening in Florida. You see, <sighs> which, not to not to get on that, but to, but, but to sidestep a little bit and be like, I mean, I want people to understand that kids are not as fragile as they seem to think it is. If you tell a kid that 100, that, 400 years ago white people was enslaving black people they not gonna feel bad because they white they gonna be like the most is they not gonna they, depending on how early they are they not gonna understand what that means right and it's gonna range from they not gonna understand what that means to they feel bad that that happened to them i don't believe that there's a large enough amount of kids who are gonna sit up there which i mean we all know that's a lie anyway but like just to kind of dispel that in general your kid not gonna feel bad just because yeah and and for a lot of them and even for some of us we're so far removed from it um but again that's part of that black history um it's even it's i, I like to watch um what was it black af on netflix and and kenya barris always at a point in every episode to say that oh some of the reasons why his actions were justified were because of slavery mm-hmm. and then they would have like the little small like kind of monologue and cutaway scene where they explain something and I think part of what's what's lost in our generation and one coming after us and the ones that are already here, I should say, is that we don't think about on an existential level what some of the things we do are tied to where they come from or why we do them. Mm. And for this Black History moment, one is to just kind of put that bug in people's ears like, hey, if you have, you know, if you have children or if you have younger siblings or if you have, you know, nieces, nephews, cousins, take some time to talk with them not necessarily about black history from a from like a celebrity or you know we're talking 60s 70s i'm talking 2000s talk to them about kind of what your experience was like growing up what it means what it means to be black to you and then maybe impart with them some wisdom on being proud about being black and not everything is 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 glamorous we obviously being yeah but everybody, but, not not everything is glamorous, right? Yeah, and that's and that's the truth. I think because we spend so so much time on the internet these days, and it's all this fairy tale and filters and all that, we lose track of who we really are and what we're really about. And I think yeah. that's kind of the essence of it: is that Black history is not some far fetched idea from the past. It's every day. Like every yeah. day, you're making Black history, and I think we have a responsibility to at least remind those who we interact with every day, um, certainly those who are younger than us, just to make them understand that the decisions you make today, the actions you take, the things you believe in, the causes you support, 
they are going to be intertwined in the fabric of your life moving forward. And it's important to really put roots in the ground now for what you want to see yourself doing in the next 20, 30 years and how the people who you interact with that are younger to you, what they now see and take from the world as well. Legitimately, like, like you know, you, you, you go through school, you watch mm-hmm. all the documentaries, you go through the plays, you have an understanding of kind of that stuff. I mean, I was sheltered enough that like, I never really thought it was on my doorstep like that for real, for real. But like you started hearing, it wasn't until I got older, probably in college, and I started hearing my parents talk about when they integrated the school. And you start, mm. you start, you start to like, for real, for real, be like, man, it's really not that far away. I was watching a, a documentary about the Civil War the, from PBS the other day, mm. and they were saying like the, the the last, the oldest surviving person from the Confederacy died in nineteen fucking fifty nine. That's that ain't that far. That ain't that That's not that far away. That's not that far away. Jeez, like, yeah, and, and they 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 always have like these things they show them in black and white. My nigga, this was in the sixties. Yeah, we this 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 is not. They try to paint these pictures of this being so long ago. We're so removed from it. This wasn't that long ago. No, no. Some of them, some of them same folks out there with them picket signs spitting on people throwing rocks at us. They somebody grandpa on the back porch talking about, oh, what I tell you back in my day, it's them. Yeah, yeah. And 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 we we. We need to be more cognizant of that. And I know it's a another soapbox moment, certainly a soapbox topic, but the reality is we gotta wake up. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode of Google Stories. Tune in every Thursday morning for new episodes and check out our TikTok and Instagram pages at Buku Stories for laying up content. Buku Stories is available on Spotify Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from.